What is going on? I want to welcome you from half court today being November 2nd. I am Sean Murphy alongside my guy, my co-pilot, my rock, my companion, my Dirk Nowitzki to my Jason Kidd and my Jason Terry. That, of course, being Troy Sergey. Troy, the NBA season is upon us, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great, Sean. Been some fun games the past two weeks. Hoo-wee has there ever, man. That is understatement of the century, it feels like. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. um, everything that's been happening has just been bonkers. Absolute bonkers. And um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, Troy. I'm uh, kind of addicted. Um, it has kind of been like I'm getting my, I'm getting my fill. Um, and it's been kind of amazing. And, uh, there's, there's a lot, a lot that we're going to talk about. We were, we were even like talking about some things like before the podcast is kind of what we usually do, but it was even like a, we, we got, we just got to get started. Like we just got to get going. Cause like we, we could literally just talk about everything before the podcast as we almost did. Um, but, uh, Troy, uh, a lot to discuss, let, you know, coming up on the show, um, Cade Cunningham made his NBA debut. A lot to talk about there. Um, Detroit Pistons, how are we looking so far this year? That's definitely something we're going to be looking into. Um, but first, you know, there's a lot of surprises and a lot of thing, things that's been happening. And you know what? There is no better place to talk about it because this is from Half Court Reach and every week, Troy and I sit down and talk all things NBA basketball. If you'd like that, be sure to subscribe to this channel, like us on iPad and Apple podcast, share with your friends. We're on all sorts of podcast services that your heart will desire. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean half court. You can follow Troy on Twitter at Troy Sergi 44. Troy. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to forget my mom's birthday one day, but I can rest easy <laughs> knowing that like, I'll remember your Twitter handle. That means a lot to me, Sean. Sorry, Mama Murph. I have to remember Troy's Twitter handle for my (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But Troy, enough, enough, enough chit chat. Let's get right into it, man. Um, So we were talking a little bit about the podcast. I kind of want to start with um, you know, we we were kind of just talking about how much basketball we've been watching. Um, let's start with this. Who has been your surprise this season so far it could be positive it could be negative what's been the surprising thing to you yeah two two teams uh the charlotte hornets and the washington wizards i would say yeah Um, just the core three of the wizards playing well with uh that former lakers squad of contavious cloudwell pope kyle kuzma and montres harold i think really they're they're, they've been impressing me and I, i i knew i knew that they would fit well not in LA to a degree, right? right? Like right. I knew LA was a bad fit for them uh, to, as far as prosper, as far as all three of their careers. So, you know, it's not like they're going to make the playoffs this year. Right. But um, it's still fun to watch. And I think even the wizards are a better team with those three than Westbrook. You know, I mean, I, yeah. it's, 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 no, it's I agree. Bad. I agree wholeheartedly. They're, they're clearly a better team. They're playing yeah. way better. Um, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. I mean, Holy crap. Right. Definitely. I mean, we were talking before the pod. I mean, you know, you predicted him to be your most improved player. Um, In one of my earlier videos, I predicted he would be most improved player. And I chickened out and I went with Lonzo ball. Um, Man, he is, he's averaging a double, double. Mm -hmm. He's getting it done. 
he, he's got right. a chip on his shoulder, man. And Montrezl Harrell too. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as the other team I wanted to talk about was the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, uh, LaMelo, LaMelo mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I, hey, I did a video on the Charlotte Hornets. Be sure to check it out up here. Great video. Yeah. Anyway. Charlotte Hornets have been really impressive. I, I am a LaMelo fan, man. Like I legit, I, I, he balls out. And I think, um, you know, even looking at Gordon Hayward, you know, he's mm-hmm. having a, you know, a fine career with them. Like I, yeah. I don't think he's quite as good as he was with Utah, right? Um, but he's he's balling out. Like, he, like I think I think he's serviceable back. starter, serviceable he's starter. He's yeah. back, yeah. And Absolutely. of course, my Michigan State Spartan Miles Bridges has been really coming alive. And this is his fourth season now. All star um, caliber, really all star caliber, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so athletic. Oh my and, god! And well, uh, it's not like I mean, we already knew, like mm-hmm. we knew about his athleticism, right? But like, just like how much better his jump shot has gotten since he's mm-hmm. entered the league and like the ability, like the ability that he has to leverage. I mean, he he's, he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 37% from the three on like a higher volume and attempts. Like he's, and he's averaging 24 points a game. Dude, uh, that's what's unbelievable. And I loved him in college. I, I actually saw his opening preseason game. No, not preseason. It was regular season. Opening uh-huh. regular season game in college against mm-hmm. Mississippi Valley State in East Lansing. And I okay. was like, whoa, this Miles Bridges guy, he's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he was just an 18-year-old. He was in my graduating class, 2016, from Flint, Michigan. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it's so cool to see a homegrown guy really, really putting yeah. up stats in the league. Yeah, so. Flint native, just yeah. absolutely going off. Yeah. Yeah. And then two quick, well, maybe we'll do three super quick uh, players as well that have caught me by surprise. Are they all uh, rookies? Positive, positively. Two are rookies. One's going right, to we'll, be Evan. We'll, we'll, we'll get into rookies. We'll get into rookies in a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. Can I get my one last little yes, non-rookie? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The opposite of a rookie because he was a yeah. rookie when I was in kindergarten. Absolutely. That is Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Um, Carmelo yeah. Anthony is shooting the ball. He's a Denver Nugget again. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> he, been... He, he, He's, he's, he's been the well. he's been the silver lining of the Lakers so far. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. And I think just seeing his confidence too, I I, I think he's a confident. I haven't seen this type of confidence since he was in New York. I really haven't. Um. So yeah, Kamala Anthony needs to at least get a shout out. So he he is, um. You know, when talking about those guys that like have transformed their game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, coming from being a um, you know, the star guy having the ball in his hands at all times. At first, it was looking like he was really going to struggle with how is he going to slow down and how is he going to embrace that role of, being, of coming off the bench, right? I mean, um, I mean, remember famously in Oklahoma City, he was asked about coming off the bench and he laughed. He he joked, he thought it was funny. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then like it was like, oh, wait, you're serious? Hell no, I'm not coming off the bench. And now, and then like he came out and he was like, I just want to play. Like, just, just get me on a roster. And then, you know, for him to go and play as well as he did in Portland. But now even even going to a different level in in L.A., right? I mean, just, um, you know, still going out. And, I mean, it's not like he's playing minimal minutes either. He's playing 27 minutes a game. He's averaging 16 points. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an elite spot-up three-point shooter. I mean, he's shooting 52% from the three this year, Troy. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, holy crazy. crap. You know what I mean? So... Um, and, and it's not like, he, it's not like, it's, it's not like he's having like a lack of attempts either. He's attempting six threes a game, you know? So he's, he's becoming one of their more defendable guys. I mean, 
I depend on him right now more than Russ. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, plus he's, he has way more hungry than hunger than Russ. And I mean, I, he's just more of a veteran. He literally just has more experience. Not that Russ doesn't, but he has a bigger chip on his shoulder than Russ. He has more to prove and he's, he's honestly just playing better too. At least he's playing with a bigger chip on his shoulder. I mean, Russ is always the guy that's like, Russ is always kind of playing like the guy who has like a chip on his shoulder, but like the difference is like, that's just Russ. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, still, still playing well, don't get me wrong. Um, but definitely not, uh, definitely not like up to that level. I'd say, um, I, I, I love all your answers. I, I think for me, um, when I look at like, you know, an, a couple other teams that have been surprises to me so far, I mean, first of all, um, how good is golden state been? Just, yeah, really impressive. They came out um, of nowhere, but I thought, I thought they were some, a team that at least I was looking at going into the season of it's yeah. kind of, uh, put up or shut up kind of year for their franchise, I guess. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I think a, a team that um, has, has really been playing to develop and to, and to bolster up that Warriors culture again. Um, and I think we're seeing the fruits of it right now, you know, mm-hmm. like the with play of the likes of Jordan Poole, with Steph Curry, proving he's still that guy. Um, and, and, and they're, they're, they're getting wins in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's not, um, like the, the good teams, the good teams have a recipe for winning and they go out and they try to execute that recipe. You know, the great teams are the ones that when their backs are against the wall, when people expect you to do a certain thing and then you can go out there and win in a different way, those are the great teams, you know? And like, I, I think, I think that's almost something the Warriors struggled with in the past because it was very much that Warriors tempo, that Warriors ball movement, shooting the three, playing that kind of game, you know, but whereas with this Warriors team, they're, they can just get it done a lot of different ways. Um, another team in the Western Conference has been playing really well. Um, Denver, um, without Jamal Murray. Um, and you know, like, and not even with Michael Porter Jr. playing that great yet either. Like, um, it's it's been really kind of more by committee. So um, that's been really impressive. Uh, Don't and forget then, Utah. Yeah, Utah. I mean, I mean, they're not a surprise though. That that's what I expect. You know what I'm saying? They're just they're solid. I think, I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder this year, man. Um, you know, another, and then like a couple teams in the East, I got to look, listen, I'm just going to admit this. I was dead wrong in the New York Knicks so far. I, I listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I, I really loved what they did with the Knicks last year. I really loved how they played. I was impressed. I thought it was going to be a fluke. Um, they are so good. Um, they're five and one. Um, the only game that they lost was to the Magic, which is kind of a fluke. I mean, they beat them. <laughs> they beat them the next game. You know what I mean? So um, now listen, their schedule, like I'm going to be honest with you, their schedule hasn't been like the strongest schedule as of yet. I mean, they played they played the Celtics, who have been so-so, kind of hit mm-hmm. or miss so far. Um, what we expected. Yeah, they played the Magic twice. Um, they played the 76ers. They beat them handily. Um, they, they beat the Bulls in that nail-biter. Um, in Chicago, and then they uh, they played against New Orleans. I mean, obviously the Pelicans they're they're terrible, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think I, I I was straight up wrong on the Knicks, um, and then another team, the Bulls, have come out the gate, yeah. and you know Definitely. a lot of people are saying that that Bulls team was um, was was not going to be a good defensive team that they were going to struggle on that end of the ball. Um, I don't know where that came from because 
the way they've been playing so far, they've been pretty lights out on the defensive end. And, um, you know, obviously they had that nail biter against Toronto where they almost blew that 20 point lead and they have to figure out who's going to get the ball at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I think those, I think those closer games are going to be difficult for them. Um, but so far, I mean, I mean, if you look at what they've been doing so far, um, so far their, um, their offense, their, their 10th and offensive rating, their fifth and defensive rating. So if anything, um, they've been getting it done on the defensive end of the ball, which is not what was expected. So um, th- that's Miami's been a really fun playing team to watch. Cons- consistent too, Miami. Yeah, my, Miami's playing fantastic. But again, mm-hmm. I think I think they kind of fit again in that kind of like that kind of Utah category where like I mm-hmm. think you know that's a team that I think you and I both kind of saw as being a a contender. Like like the the moves that they made. Like I think that roster has been sensational. But I mean, in particular, Tyler Hero um, is my he was, hero. Yeah, he he was proven last year was not going to be repeated, you know, um, and right now he's looking like he's going to be six man of the year if he keeps playing at this pace. So, um, I mean, gosh, the guy's averaging 22 points, 45 um, percent from the field, uh, seven rebounds, five assists. He's getting it done all over the court. He's dynamic, man. So I think I think Tyler Hero is a future all star. Mm-hmm. He's 21, Troy. Yeah, it's nuts. 21. God, I can I can hardly do any of that kind of crap, and I'm 24. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, so overall, all around the league, um, I've just been thoroughly impressed. But you were getting into rookies a little bit, and I think it's a good time for us to jump into that because, um, you know, we'll we'll get into Cade in a minute. We're we're saving we're we're putting a cushion in the show just for Cade. You know, we we, we got him there. You know, we're we're talking about it. Um. These rookies, Troy. Holy <laughs> crap! I yeah. mean, where? I mean, where do we even start? I mean, we, first, let's... you got to start at maybe five. Jalen Green and work our way to Cade, in my opinion. That's the only way to have we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think um, honestly, um, you know, the rookies that have stood out to me in particular. I mean, Jalen Green. Uh, Jalen Green. I'm sorry, off- Suggs. Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Suggs. Um, so Jalen Suggs, he, he's been good. He's had flashes where he's looked pretty good. Um, he's been getting outplayed by front, um, um, by France. Yeah. Franz Wagner. Um, Franz Wagner has been good, man. Yeah. He hit a couple of good threes the other night with uh, the Detroit game. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's, and that's not out of the norm. I mean, he's averaging 14 points a game. Um, he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 43% from the three. I mean, that guy, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think you're looking at a guy that could be kind of similar to a, you know, kind of like a less effective Duncan Robinson, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind of, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, you know, he, he, he reminds me of Bertans a lot. Um, Bertans of the, of the wizards, you know who I'm talking about? Yes. From Israel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, he, um, Franz has been playing great and it's been cool to see him and Mo. Wagner play together like I remember mm-hmm. I was at the game and they hit back-to-back threes and they just both were getting super hyped and so that was really cool to see as a Michigan mm-hmm. basketball fan um so I absolutely love that but J- Jalen Suggs um I think I-, I think he he has a really difficult situation mm-hmm. in particular because I mean he is kind of the quarterback of that offense I mean he's not been playing terrible but I mean like he's averaging right now he's at about 12.7 points four assists, 3.6 rebounds, but, um, you know, he's kind of having that thing where, you know, 
a lot of rookies, especially guys that have that primary ball handling responsibility, um, you generally come in and you struggle shooting to start. And so right. his effectiveness isn't there. Yeah. So he's shooting about 30% from the field right now and 25% from the three, those numbers will get better as the season mm-hmm. goes along. But I mean, he definitely, uh, he looks like a rookie, you know what I mean? Nothing about his stats, um, are out of the norm for me. I, I would have predicted this kind of start for him. Yeah. And me too. Even 12 points a game is fine. It really is. Well, especially, especially on a team like that too, Yeah, you know, like where, I mean, the magic are, they are at the, they are at the very beginning of their rebuild. Um, so, you know, I mean, it says something that your, that your top score is Cole Anthony, who, by the way, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I am a firm, I am on the Cole Anthony bandwagon, criminally underrated. Yeah. Cole Anthony's a bucket. Yeah. I will say that Cole Anthony is an absolute bucket. I think he was a steal. Yeah. He went 15, year. Sean. He was supposed to go number one in, around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Like great, right? Like, like, New Year's, like, you know, 2020, he was supposed to be the number one pick of the draft. He, he, he was up there. He was up there. He I was think, one at one point. I, Cade was always one. No, 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 no. Not, not this past draft. The draft before. Oh, oh my bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. You're right. Yep. You're 2020 right. 2020 draft. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Yeah. He, yeah. And, and I mean, he fell right into Orlando's lap. I would have taken him over Killian Hayes, but that's a, we'll talk about that <laughs> that's a, a different, bit. that's a different yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, he's a bucket man. Just yeah, an absolute bucket. He was a bucket in college. He's a bucket mm-hmm. in the league. Yeah. Um, I, I think he'll, I think he'll just be overlooked because he's playing in Orlando. Um, but um, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, but then, you know, you go, you go to Toronto. Yeah. The fourth pick Scotty Barnes, dude. We said a lot of crap about Scotty Barnes back in June, Listen, July. <laughs> there, there are some rookies I'm going to have to give their roses and just straight up apologize to. Scotty Barnes is at the top of that list. I listen, man. I, um, I, I really, I'm going to be honest. A lot of it came from my lack of confidence and prospects out of Florida State. I just mm-hmm. didn't know how good of a college program that is as far as delivering NBA products. But I mean, listen. They gave us Patrick Williams last year, who's a stud, um, unfortunately out for the season with that dislocated wrist. Um, but now Scotty Barnes is a hell of a player. Yes. Oh my athletic. I, I athletic. see, I see the vision, man. I see the vision. It is, it is very akin to a magic Johnson. You know what I mean? Just the way he plays the game. I'm not calling him magic Johnson. I'm yeah. just saying the way he affects the game is very magic gas. High basketball IQ too. Oh my goodness. I mean, I mean, let's just look at what he's doing. You know, I mean, I, I, I will say looking at his, looking at his stats right now. I mean, I'm a little surprised he's only averaging two assists a game. It's a little less than I expected. However, I mean, he's averaging 18 points, nine mm-hmm. rebounds, two assists. Yeah. He's shooting 55% from the field. Um, he's not a good three point shooter. He's shooting 22%, right. but he wasn't coming into the draft anyways. Exactly. They, they yeah. knew that was going to be something you have to work on. So that's not surprising, but Oh my gosh. Troy. And I also apologize for the Scotty Barnes, uh, uh, crap. And my argument is he reminded me too much of Stanley Johnson. So <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he, he, listen, I, I, uh, for in Masai Ujiri, we trust. I think is, I think is our lesson that we learned. Right. And so um, I think for a team like Toronto, I mean, God, their future is bright. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy if I'm a Raptors fan. I mean, 
with the boom of OG Ananobi becoming mm-hmm. a 20 point a game scorer. You get Scotty Barnes, who's averaging 18 a game, shooting really efficiently. You get Pascal Siakam out there healthy. You get you get a dynamic rim runner out there. I mean, imagine if they had a guy like Ben Simmons to that roster. Imagine a backcourt. No, no, Troy, hear me out. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they got to do it, but imagine a backcourt of Scotty Barnes and, and Ben Simmons. They couldn't shoot the three for crap. But like, just imagine this like dynamic backcourt of like two six nine point guards that could sling the ball across the court. Tell me that doesn't sound fun. That sounds fun. That but sounds who would like you have to I give create... up? Who would yeah, you have to give up for him? I don't know. At this point, a bag of chips, apparently. I mean, gosh. <laughs> um, but, I mean, hey, apparently he's gearing up for a return. Doc said he's yeah. been shooting. He's shooting way more than he's ever seen him shoot. So, apparently, uh, he might be coming back. He might be playing in a Sixers uniform, man. And I think as much as it's going to be awkward and weird for everyone, Sean, I, I think as far as another team's GM perspective, a.k.a. the other 29 teams in the league besides Philly, you you have to watch him play this year if you want to make a move or you want to make uh-huh. any type of offer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, okay. I made a joking tweet earlier today as a recording. Um, um, people in Philly, uh, the Trailblazers played there last night, and uh, they were, we want Lillard chance when he was at the free throw line. Uh, so I quote tweeted it and I said, y'all should change that chant to we want Nilakina second in a pick swap. <laughs> that's, that's probably, it, it was a joke, but I, I thought it was funny. I, I got a kick out of it. So screw <laughs> glad you. you were laughing. I'm glad you were laughing, Sean. <laughs> Shit. I'm glad somebody was apparently. Um, before we get to, the, oh, before okay. we get to the, before we get to the top three, I do want to mention a rookie that's not that was drafted outside of the top ten, mm-hmm. um, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, for Sacramento. Sacramento. He is a all team defender, all NBA defender, right out of the right out of the gate. And you called that on draft night. Mm-hmm. Yep. I listen. He he just reminds me of. He just reminds me of Drew Holiday, man. And if mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy that you're bringing in, I mean, what a steal, right? I mean, he, um, his nickname is off night for a reason, because you're going to have an off night when you're, when you're getting guarded by Davion Mitchell. Um, he absolutely locked up Donovan Mitchell. Um, he now, I mean, again, his thing is going to be, I mean, if, if you could defend at a high level in this league, you're always going to find a spot on a team. Um, but on the other hand, he's gonna have to shoot the ball a little better. I mean, right mm-hmm. now he's, he's shooting 21% from beyond the three point line. He's shooting 35% from the field He's only averaging seven points a game. That stuff can come with right. a guy that's like a workhorse like that. You and can't, for, right. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you can't teach that kind of defense. And again, he's, right. he's 23. So he's super young. Um, he, he led that, uh, summer league team to, uh, to a summer league title um the the ceiling the ceiling for this guy is is very very high in my opinion i i i see drew holiday written all over him mm-hmm. i was just going to say for a sacramento team historically who misses on draft picks uh hitting this one has to be pretty good well, for yeah. a a kings fan well especially i mean they historically they miss but i mean 
they've gotten a couple steals the last couple drafts. I mean, they got Davion Mitchell. They got Tyrese Halliburton. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many more point guards you want? But I mean, still, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they still, um, they have a heck of a squad they're putting together, man. I mean, listen, I, if it wasn't for, you know, alienating Buddy Heald, if it wasn't for alienating, uh, uh, yeah, um, Boogie, but I mean, also they're, they're um, alienating, oh God, what's his name? Oh my gosh, this speaks to how much of a bust he is. Willie Colley Stein? No, 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 no. Um, hold on. Uh, I got, I got what, Marvin Bagley. Oh, Marvin, Marvin Bagley. Bagley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like leaving him out of the opening night rotation. The agent literally saying how how trash of an organization they are and how terrible yeah. their front office is. Like making a public statement. Troy. Right. And, and he's a guy that would probably excel on any other team, to be honest with you. But we haven't heard about Marvin Bagley, and I haven't heard of that name in months. <laughs> he just hasn't seen the court. I mean, I mean, listen to this. He 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 played. Okay, so he played. He played sixty-two games his rookie year. He only started in four. He only played in thirteen games his second year. He only played in forty-three games last year. And he's only appeared in one so far this year. So he's not even in the rotation right now. They've already made it clear that he's not a part of their future plans. They're absolutely driving. They're tanking his trade value right now because they're just not even playing him. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be shocked at all if he goes to another place and thrives. I mean, we're acting like this guy's career is over. He's 22 years old. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just he's always going to be compared to the other guys that were drafted with him, you know? So. We got to stay on track here. We got, we got yeah, three we, more yeah, names. We do. we do. You're right. We do. Um, the third overall pick and arguably the rookie of the year so far, Evan Mobley. Um, the second guy, second guy, we got to apologize to. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to go first because I, of everyone that has to apologize, it's me. Um, because listen, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to pretend I watched a whole lot of Pac-12 basketball. And uh, I looked at Evan Mobley. (laughs) I compared him to drafts of the past. And I said, oh, yeah, he looks like a bust. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. Um, He is a freak of nature from an athletic standpoint. His wingspan is 7'6". (laughs) seven seven feet tall 215 pounds can guard every single level of the court and he's still developing his offensive game and he's still he's still pretty effective on that end too i was gonna say there's not a whole lot wrong on that end of the court either he's got a smooth jump shot man smoother than it i can i can name on two hands guys his height that have a smoother jump shot right i mean his jump shot looks like a guard's jump shot. Yeah. The form, the follow through. Whew. Yeah. If I'm a Cleveland fan, I'm happy. I'm yeah. very happy. Oh, I'm, I'm elated, man. I'm elated. Because that- if you look at their off season moves and everything they've done leading up to this point of this weird rebuild slash win now slash just kidding kind of attitude that they've had the past year, and you bring in a guy like Evan Mobley on your team, you're gonna do better than you expected. You, you than shift even the you culture. expected. You shift the yeah. culture instantly. You shift the culture absolutely. And, and, it's and no. 
Colin been, Sexton might not be the fr- face of that franchise anymore. No, he's not. I mean, um, actually, I've been I've been listening to some podcasts. I've been um, I've been I've been listening to a lot, and um, a lot of the talks around around Colin Sexton and the Cavaliers is um, so Colin Sexton was not offered an extension this past year, so now he will be a restricted free agent this year. Um, it's looking like it's looking like Cleveland could be moving him at the deadline. It sounds like, um, you know, reports are suggesting that um, that Cleveland's looking at a future where they're going to be building around Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. which I think is an interesting thing. I, I also um, I really like this pairing of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Like if, if mm-hmm. they can keep that together and they can, like, get some great shooting around that, get some dynamic scoring guys, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. They're going to have if they keep those to, if they keep that tandem together for years to come, um, they're going to have the most, they're going to have the most dominant defensive front court in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine, and imagine if, imagine if Evan Mobley develops an offensive game akin to a Giannis dude, <sighs> and just imagine because, because that's the thing about Evan Mobley is like, he's so skinny. The, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. But like, you know, at this point though, that almost doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like how many, how many skinny seven foot guys in our league right now are succeeding? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, a guy like Chet Holmgren, like 10, 15 years ago, he probably wouldn't be in the conversation for the number one pick, but I mean, you know, he, I mean, he's super skinny, but I mean, he, he's going to come in this league and hoop. you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think a guy like Evan Mobley, I mean, I, I think, I think we're seeing why Detroit took so much time looking at guys like Evan Mobley and Jalen green, because you can look at all three of the guys that were, that were talked about going number one, and you can see why they were in that conversation. now. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it is, it is tangible, you know? Um, speaking of one of those guys that was supposed that was in the talks going number one, Jalen green. Now, um, we're going to be subjective or or we're going to be uh, objective right? Objective is when no subjective is when you're, is when you're not using your opinion is when you're, is when you're being very fair, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I might have it around. I, I might have it mixed around. Screw it. But you know what I mean? Um, let's be fair. Let's be honest. Jalen green. He's a bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's an absolute bucket. Um, there, there are some times where he, um, where he just gets someone off the dribble and just gets to work, you know? Um, now I will say if you can point at a genuine criticism of his game, and this was kind of my hesitation with Jalen green, as far as like, let's pump the brakes because that's how he does. Let's see how he does in front of NBA competition. Right. Um, similar thing to kind of a Jalen Suggs, similar thing to kind of Kate Cunningham's first game where um, he's still kind of finding his shot, you know, Um, he, he's shooting 28% from the three. He's shooting 33% from the field. He had that one game where he, where he went for 30 and he was absolutely dominant from behind the arc. Um, But overall, uh, I think his jump shot, is still very much a work in progress. I think for what I've seen so far mm-hmm. and I think what he brings to the, to the table right off the bat, that is, that is elite. I would say um, is, is his ability to take someone off the dribble. 
because he's had some moves off the dribble that have been absolutely disgusting. Just disgusting, you know? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I, I do think, I think, you know, scoring at this level is going to be a challenge for him this first year, maybe two, maybe three years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he's a guy that, you know, is to a degree a project. Now that seems kind of weird to say, you know, as a rookie hitting a 30 point game in the first five games of the year. But, you know, I, I think with him, you have to understand that, you know, he, this season isn't going to be his best season, right? So right. he's gonna, he's gonna make improvements. He's gonna make uh, significant leaps in the next five years with his, with his degree. And I do see an all-star Cowboy player. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Oh, he very but, well could lead the league in scoring one day without right. a doubt. Yes. Without a doubt. So I guess with, with that being said, um, those are all true things. However, you know, I, I'm just not jumping on the bandwagon yet when I think a lot of NBA fans around the league, not just Rockets fans, are very much jumping on rookie of the year, Cage bus, you know, kind of I, thing. I think <laughs> I think the summer league this year in particular garnered a lot of hype mm-hmm. and a lot of interest. And yeah. I think um I think what we're seeing so far is that proof that the summer league really means nothing. Because, um, you know, in the summer league, the guys that really didn't get a, get much attention were uh, were guys like Evan Mobley, were guys like Scotty Barnes, were guys, you know what I mean? Like they, Davion like Mitchell. They, yeah, Davion Mitchell. I mean, Davion Mitchell, like he was a great story of the summer league, but yeah. I don't think anyone pictured that he'd come in and do this in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, yeah. um, you know, Jalen Green, I mean, like, let's just look at his game logs so far. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. the, these are, so he's played six games so far. Okay. Um, here are his, here are his, um, shooting, uh, here are his field goal attempts as far as like what he's done so far. So he's gone game one. He went four, 14, one of six and three Yeah. game two. He went four of 11, one of five from three game three. He went 11 of 18, eight of 10 from three. So that's the thing. He's a very he's streaky. streaky shooter, yeah. very streaky shooter, which is normal when you're coming into the league. A lot of guys, um, you know, what, what, what stands out for being a good, a great scorer. Um, I think Jalen green as of right now is very much a volume scorer. Whereas, you know, I, 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 I would want him to be a little bit more of an efficient score. You know what I mean? Um, Cause then you look at his, you look at the next three games. So after he scores 30, he goes four of 16, two of nine from three. Three of 16, 0 of 8 from 3, and 2 of 8, 0 for 4 from 3. So, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, two, I hate to say it, he's not making much impact on his Rockets team, even with all those stats. Well, and that, and that's, and again, that's the argument for why Cade went number one, right? Is, is the fact that Jalen Green is he is going to be a bucket. He's absolutely a high caliber scorer, which is something that you need in this league. But the question is, where else does his game take, take place? You know, because he, he has, he, he has some decent stats on defense. He's, he hasn't done anything that's been a wow factor, but I, I have watched some Rockets games and, um, you know, when he isn't affecting the game on the offensive end, it does look like he does just kind of disappear in the background, mm-hmm. you know? So 
Um, you know, I definitely, uh, I definitely think he will get better as the season goes along. I think he'll find a rhythm. I think he's in a very difficult situation in Houston where they are going to be losing a lot of games. They're definitely going to be a top five lottery team this year, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. um, it's going to be exciting to see who they can pair with Jalen green and Michael Porter and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, Kevin Porter jr. Down there in, uh, in Houston. Cause I think they definitely have something special brewing. I agree. But now Troy, we're saving the best for last baby. We are going with the number one pick. Cade, Moda Cade Cunningham. Now, before we get into Cade, let's talk the Detroit Pistons so far because I think that's worth, I think it's important to tell the whole story, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Detroit Pistons did not have Cade Cunningham for five of, or for four of their five games. Um, They, no, six, my apologies. They did not have him for five of their six games. Um, they played the Bulls twice, the Atlanta Hawks. They played the 76ers. They played the Magic, and they played the Nets. And they are currently one and five, and they are struggling a little bit. Uh, actually, had a video came come out yesterday about how Pistons fans need to chill out. So be sure to give that a watch. I'm pretty proud of that one. So um, I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. But Troy. Um, I've shared my thoughts quite a bit on this channel so far about the Detroit Pistons. So I want you to start. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been seeing? Yeah. So it started off one and five right now. Right. And um, nothing, yeah. nothing surprising to me, at least. Um, I, I think, I think the only thing that, you know, I am a little bit surprised on is how low their three point shooting has been this season. Right. Right. Um, you know, if I had to say one thing that's, upsetting uh but then again it's also six games into the year so i'm not like actually upset but right i wanted to make a criticism it is their poor shooting so far but i mean as a former basketball player myself you're gonna have those nights and the next night you're gonna bounce back and it's all gonna be okay um so with that being said i'm not worried about that and um I think what's impressed me a little bit, believe it or not, and I know he had such a great year last year, but Isaiah Studer on the offensive end. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that's going to be a key moving forward too. You know, we know he can block shots. We know he can grab boards, but you know, he he hit his first three of the year last, uh, last night against Brooklyn. Uh, But he can, he's a guy that can offensive rebound and put it back in. And I think he's a guy that can score down low pretty good. Um, and I, he's just a guy that's very much going to be a part of our future. So I, I don't want to say he's, uh, the most underrated guy in our team, but so as far as what I've been impressed so far, I think Isaiah Stewart needs to be talked about more when looking at this team moving forward because yeah, of how he plays on the offensive end is just very impressive to me. Yeah, um, I, I think, I think offensive end, I think, I think that's where his game still does need to grow a little bit. I definitely agree yeah. that, um, you know, I mean, you know, he is, uh, I, I think, um, from, he's a great pick and roll guy. Um, I think he's a solid, you know, he, he gets you, you know, eight points a game. He can get you some boards. He's a, he fights like hell on the boards. Um, but I think, uh, I think, you know, where we have an interesting with this team is I think, you know, I think he's just out there to be that workhorse, you know what I mean? And so I think, um, just having a guy like that, that just goes out there and his entire thing is just his effort and just how hard he goes. And I mean, but to your point, how he is working on that ability to stretch the floor. And I'm interested to see how that develops throughout his career. Cause I think that could be a big thing for him 
um, you know, staying, if he wants to stay a, a starting center in this league, which I think he's going to be a starting center in this league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that's going to be a big piece to his game moving forward to your point. Um, yeah. And then there's Killian. Um, I think, I, I still don't think we can make up an accurate assessment, either yeah. a good, a good or bad assessment of him. I think because... we can say, I think we can say there's been a lot, um, a lot to, um, a lot that's been exciting from the sense of his improvement over the course of six games. Sure. I think there's also something to be said about there's a valid concern and criticism to make as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, he should have way more assists right now than he does. If guys are actually knocking down shots, the statistics would look way better than they do. Um, I would say um, from a confidence standpoint, he's come a long way from games one and two. Um, but games one and two happened and I don't think it's unfair to have concern about that because, uh, you and I were there opening night and I think you and I both just were like, wait, Killian Hayes played. Yeah. It it almost felt like for a lack of better terms, um, there are just times where when Killian is on the floor, it just feels like we're playing four on five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so. I, and so, you know, this isn't, this is not a Killian Hayes bashing hour, but, um, you know, listen, I'm going to give criticism when I think criticism is justified. And I think if we're going to look at a piece of Killian Hayes' game, um, he just, he has to be more confident because, you know, to, um, you know, Killian's even said this, Josh Jackson said this to Killian, when you are not confident in this league, defenses sniff that out and they make your life a living hell. And we, we saw it, right? I mean, Killian mm-hmm. was getting, was getting trapped high on screens a lot. He, um, he was getting put into situations where, you know, defenses could tell he was uncomfortable. So they were really capitalizing on that. Um, and I think that's, uh, if, if there's an area where, you know, Killian just needs to, he just needs to own that and he just needs to, you know, embrace it and say, okay. Um, I'd say that's, uh, that's a big piece. You know? Yeah, it's a step forward, I think, too. Yeah, so I, I I think he's he's made some improvements right off the bat. Defensively, he's stout. Um, I think what's been really like not not like pissing me off, but like been kind of frustrating is like people are like, why isn't Killian getting all minutes in the fourth quarter? We want to come back, and I'm like, I said this in the video. Like, let me get this straight. Killian Hayes struggling with his confidence. You want to take a guy who's been openly struggling with confidence, talking about struggling with confidence, a guy that we need just to get confidence just to shoot the damn ball right now. You want him to play in the highest pressure basketball that you can ask a player new to playing in front of big arenas in the, in the United States, new to the game of, of NBA basketball. You want that guy to go out in the fourth quarter against James Harden and Kevin Durant? Are you out of your damn mind? How does that do good for Killian? How does that putting him in a position to succeed? What are you talking about? You know, like I'm all for him not getting fourth quarter minutes right now. Let's talk about him getting fourth quarter minutes when he starts averaging 10 points a game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. So another surprise quick, um, mm -hmm. Josh Jackson on the offensive end. Uh, I, I guess like, I, okay. I've always been a Josh Jackson fan, especially last year, but yeah, I think he's, 
he's really showing the potential of being potential of being a long-term asset to our team in my opinion yeah yeah i think he's a i think he's an absolute solid bench guy right now you know um he uh i think i think the thing with josh jackson is um whenever he steps on the court he can either be he can either be your greatest asset or your greatest liability and there's no in between ish smith was kind of like that too back in the day remember that yeah but i think josh jackson's more reckless you know okay. what I'm saying? Sure. I think, I think Ish Smith was kind of that, like, you know, either he's just fine and dependable or he's like a firecracker and he's going off, you know? Um, I, I think Josh Jackson, either he is a bucket or you need to get him off the court for the rest of the game. Cause he, there are times where like, you know, he can, he can get fired up quickly. He can get some stupid fouls. He can make some stupid mistakes. You know what I mean? But I mean, this, he's 24 years old. He's a young guy, you know? So um, I, I think um, I, I love his, I love his role on this team as a, as kind of that, you know, that spark off the bench that comes in and plays with high energy, both sides of the court plays really physical on the defensive end and really on the offensive end can do more than people give him credit for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I strongly agree. So um, people are talking about how they don't think Josh Jackson's going to be on the team by the end of the year. Maybe, but like, also, um, I kind of hope he is because, you know, he's really fun. I will say, um, he's shooting 42% from the free throw line so far this year. So that's got to change. He always misses his first by, and it's always the front end. Yeah. He, and then he always makes the second. <laughs> I mean, Grant, he's, he's only averaging two free throws a game right now. So yeah. like, you know like you said, you know, hit or miss one, you know, one of two, but I mean, Hey, well, you know, we got, we got an entire season to work on that. I'm not expecting him to shoot like that though the entire year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Josh Jackson, definitely fun guy to watch now. Um, you know, Sadiq Bay, I'm loving, I'm loving the aggressiveness I'm seeing from him as far as scoring from different levels and really putting the ball on the floor and really trying to make his own offense. Um, I'm, I'm loving seeing that. I think it's been a difficult adjustment for him so far, but he's making it work. I mean, listen, he's averaging, he's averaging 16 points a game, eight rebounds, 43% from the field with how aggressive he's being. I'll take that every day, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's no concern in that department. Yeah. He's showing a different level to his game. You know, like I, I, I said on this podcast, I think even like, you know, Mm -hmm. I would love to see Sadiq Bay, like his next step for me was, can he put it on the floor? Can he create his own offense? And this year he's showing he can. Yeah. First play of the game when we were there on opening night, I believe the Pistons' first basket was a Sadiq Bay drive to the hole, if, if I recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, but like, that's the thing is that that's not really something that was part of his game last year. Now, right. you know, with how much of a, with how strong he is on the three point line, how much teams are going to be preparing for that, he has to be good at it because otherwise, you know, he's only going to be a 3D guy. He's showing he's much more in a 3D guy. Yeah, I agree. I think Sadiq Bay can be an all-star one day. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, yes. I, I really do. I really, I think, I think it's clear that he was the steal of the draft last year. And Sean, what, what you got to remember too is back in, was it November or December of 2020? He was Eastern Conference player of the week. Yeah. Not rookie of the week. Yep. Player of the week mm-hmm. as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he, 
um, listen, man, only, only exciting things ahead for that guy, you know? So I, I've definitely been excited to watch him. I um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, we talked, you know, j- you know, similar, like, you know, Josh, I mean, uh, uh, Jeremy Grant, it's been tough for him not having uh, Cade in the lineup, really not much to talk about there. In my opinion, not really much concern. Um, now let's get to the main event. Let's get to the, let's get to the, you know, we, we, we've eaten our potatoes. Let's get to the meat. You know what I'm saying? Cade Cunningham, motorcade. Cade Cunningham has played in one game. He shot, he went two points, seven rebounds, two assists, shot one of eight from the field. But Troy, Doesn't if you were justice. to tell me, if you were to tell me that that was his stat line, but I still thought he had a phenomenal debut, I would have thought you were nuts. But Troy, that's his stat line for game one. And I thought he had a phenomenal debut. Phenomenal. Yeah. What, yeah. what, uh, you know, I, I was in the building. I was there. I was, not. um, but, but Troy, as someone that watched from home, mm-hmm. what did you see? Yeah. I saw aggressive on steroids, right? I saw a guy mm-hmm. who wanted to be on the court. I saw a guy who wanted to make the extra pass. Mm-hmm. I saw a guy who, even though he missed all his threes, he had no trouble shooting those threes. His confidence was there. He even said, all of those shots, he felt like when it left his fingertips, it was going in and it just mm-hmm. came up a little short or went a little too long, whatever. Um, that's basketball. But what, it, yeah, I think the aggressiveness impressed me, especially as a rookie. You know how terrifying it must have been for a 19 year old to be put in that situation. But he, he played amazing. And I think, um, I think with him, moving forward once those shots fall once his minutes increase because Which he was absolutely on. gonna fall they're absolutely yeah gonna fall. there's no doubt um what he was on minute restriction too right so once that changes yeah i'd imagine i'd imagine you'll probably see kate on a minute restriction for at least the first month mm-hmm. um you know I, I i i don't think you're gonna see him on this tight of a minutes restriction i think you'll just see that naturally kind of get looser and looser just depending on how kate's feeling Um, you know, you probably won't see him on back to backs for about a month, I would say. Um, which by the way, the the uproar on that, I was caught off guard on, listen, I don't know how, I don't know how y'all think, um, load management works, but I mean, that's, that's how it works. So I um, still see a potential rookie of the year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now that he's back in the lineup, he's going to be playing considerably more. I mean, listen, man, we got. I, I am bummed. I will say, I wish if there was a game that he, that he didn't have to miss, I wish he didn't have to miss that Brooklyn game because it would have been fun to see him play against Kevin Durant and James Harden, yeah. but we get to see him play against Giannis on Wednesday. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. I am so excited for that game. At home. Gonna, yeah. That dude, it is going to be, Oh, it's going to be so hype. So we get, we get them next. Um, so, you know, and just saying, just saying, they're, they got a few guys that are going to be out of the lineup. The Bucks are pretty banged up right now. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it could be a dub. It could be a dub. This this could be our first win against the Milwaukee Bucks in a long time. Yeah, yeah. If shots so, are falling, it's hard to it's hard to count us out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think you know, I, I I think you know, on the defensive end, I think to your point, just that effort that he showed, um, just you know that that diving for the loose ball, you know, any other guy that would have just been a moment in a game. 
You know what I'm saying? In the city of Detroit, we are very similar to the city of Philadelphia in the sense that we want to see you go out there and fight like hell. Mm-hmm. Like there are, I would say there are, there are, there are a few cities in particular mm-hmm. yeah. in, in basketball culture that mm-hmm. you cannot be weak. Right. right. Um, and those cities are Philadelphia, Chicago, I mean, uh, Philadelphia, New York. And I would say the third team on that list, I'd say Detroit's a city like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, and I, yeah. And Memphis, Memphis as well. I'd throw Memphis on there because of the grit and grind. Yeah. Um, those are, t- those are cities. You got to be tough. And once you show a sign of weakness, they turn on you forever. So, right, right. so when Cade dove for that loose ball and it was Detroit basketball, that, that arena uproared, man, we were, we were chomping at the bit for it. It was, it was euphoric. That was the moment I knew we picked the right guy. Mm-hmm. I, I knew, I felt like I knew like everything that he said, the way that he acted, um, just his leadership intangibles that he showed in, in summer league. Like I knew then, like I was excited. I knew in that moment, that guy's a piston, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And yeah. like that, that's special. And, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's his ability to do so much outside of shooting and outside of scoring, right? Because how much more movement was there with the ball? How much, how much more fluid was the offense? How great was his passing, by the way? Like his, like he had some across the court passes that were just stunning, you know? Um, just the, just the, um, the way that he sees the game, how, how talented he is, how much confidence he plays with. Like, I can't say enough about what Cade did opening night or his first game out there. So um, I was excited. It was, it was, it was so fun to watch. Um, he is to him. Cade Cunningham is no bus, ladies and gentlemen. No, if you needed proof, if you needed proof, which for some reason, I don't know why you needed proof, but he gave it to you. He absolutely gave it to you. Um, I agree. I agree. I, and I can't, I can't wait for Wednesday too. Wednesday's going to be so much fun. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that is definitely something that we're going to be talking about in the podcast next week because whoo-wee! that's going to be, he wants fun. to be in the league too. That's another thing. Like he wants, he wants success more than anyone. Yeah. Not only does he like, not only does he want to be in the league because like everybody wants to be in the league. Right. But like he wants to, he wants to be that guy. He wants to be that franchise guy. You know what I mean? And there, because there are certain guys that like, there are certain guys that say they want to be that guy. And then there are guys that live it, that, that actually go out there and they live being that franchise guy. That's, that's Cade Cunningham. I so agree. I, I picked think the right guy. Abs absolutely we picked the right guy so i think um if i'm if if you're a detroit pistons fan i don't think there's anything that you could have seen from that game that 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 gives you a cause for concern i think there's only um only excitement coming out of a coming out of the pistons camp so only good things so with that so with that, I, I think I think that covers a lot of what we've seen really well, right? 
Um, I, I think one last, I think one last thing I want to touch on before we get to Mount Rushmore, because we are getting about Mount Rushmore time. Um, let's talk, uh, let's talk disappointments so far. Um, I think one big thing that we've seen um, in the league um, is rule changes affecting guys. Right. Um, and uh, kind of the initial disappointing guy was James Harden, but we've seen, we've seen him pick it up. Mm-hmm. We've seen him play significantly better. So, and I blame his, his athleticism a little more than uh, the rules to be honest, Sean, because I, I think I saw an ESPN the other day that out of players in the league, all players, Sean, miles per hour ran up and down the court. James Harden is the slowest NBA player. I wouldn't put that on his athleticism as much as I put that on his conditioning. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at, but yeah. I, I used the wrong I, word. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, that's okay. That's okay. I, I think, I think if there's anything to say, it's, it's his, it's his, it's his, uh, it's his uh, conditioning coming into the league. I mean, listen, he, um, you know, people are, I mean, he, he's going to make, he's going to find his way to the line. He's going to adapt to the rules, but I mean, let's call it the way it is. These rules are made. These rules are made because of James Harden, right? Um, so of course he's going to be the guy that's going to have the hardest time to adjust because there, there are certain moves that he invented, right? Like his, like hooking is like, uh, using his left arm to hook under guys arms. That's not going to get called anymore. You know what I mean? There are, there are a lot of things that he does that is no longer going to get calls. Um, but another guy that's been really struggling that I'm not going to lie. This team, I have been. I'm going to be honest, Troy. I have been thoroughly disappointed. I have been thoroughly disappointed in the Portland Trailblazers, and I've been thoroughly disappointed in Damian Lillard so far. Mm-hmm. Now, Damian Lillard is that guy. You know what I mean? He's he's going to pick it up, but he's not even averaging 20 points a game, Troy. Mm-hmm. He's shooting 23% from the three, Troy. He's shooting 34% from the field, Troy. What's going on? He's got Chauncey Billups as his coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chauncey Billups had to come out after the second game, and he called that team's effort embarrassing. What's happening? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I think when, when Chauncey said that, I knew something was up. Um, I, I he's a guy that I thought I would I would have thought before two weeks ago if you would have asked me one of the most reliable guys in the league as far as bringing it every night as far as mm-hmm. putting up those stats as far as getting his teammates involved mm-hmm. but this is not the Damian Lillard that we've seen the past five years mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and I mean you know you know they're 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 at three and four right now um, they just lost to Philly tonight as we're recording this um, they just, and here's the thing, none of their games have been particularly close. I mean, the only game that they, that they lost within single digits was opening night. Otherwise they've either won by a lot or lost by a lot. And there's really no in between. They lost by 30 to the Clippers to this Clippers yeah. team. Yeah. To the Kawhi Clippers, you know, like this, <laughs> cause let's call it the way it is. Clippers haven't been good. I mean, that's no. what I've expected, but, um, yeah, I just, I've been disappointed. And so, you know, I, I obviously expect that to turn around. I expect Damian Lillard to play at an MVP caliber level again, but you know, listen, man, I mean, I, I was really excited of that pairing with Chauncey Billups and Damian Lillard. I hate that it's been disappointing so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he is a fun player to watch and that team mm-hmm. 
the past three, four years has been also very fun to watch, especially yeah. when they got to the Western Conference Finals in 2019. Yeah. Um, and, they and beat just Chauncey, the Nuggets. Yeah, and Chauncey just seemed like a perfect addition to that culture, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say, um, so I would say all of those have kind of been the disappointment so far. Um, but I will say I have, I have felt, I'm not going to lie, Troy. I know this is kind of, you know, this, this should technically be classified as a disappointment. Um, do you know, Troy, how vindicated I feel about the Los Angeles Lakers? Do you know how vindicated I feel so far? Can I just say it, Troy? Just say it. This team's not good. They're not good. I mean, let's. Russ doesn't make them better. Who who knew other than me? Uh, <laughs> Russ O. Westbrook is a terrible fit on this roster. Now, people are citing the fact that the past two years, he, you know, he's had to adjust coming from, you know, you know, he had to adjust on the Rockets. He played terrible to start, and he played at an MVP level. He played terrible to start in Washington, played at an MVP level. He's playing terrible to start in the Lakers. But the difference is is that his fit kind of made sense in Houston. His fit kind of made sense in Washington. His fit don't make no damn sense on this team. There have been too many times I've seen Russell Westbrook be out in lineups with Rajon Rondo, be out in lineups with LeBron James setting ball screens. They're using this guy as a pick and roll guy. He's a point guard. <laughs> like, like Troy, like, what, do, do you think, do you think they're going to be okay? Like what, like, do you think they're going to turn this around? What, do, what are you seeing from this Lakers team so far? Cause this doesn't feel like, like a LeBron team where it's like, Oh, they'll get this figured out. No, this, this feels doomed from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will agree. It's, it's a different start as as I can agree. You know, it wasn't going to work out the way that Lakers fans were hoping for, but I don't necessarily think they're, in trouble to a degree where they get bounced in the first round. I do see at least a second round appearance this year, but I right. know that's not their goal. I know that's not their goal. It's not even close to their goal. No, I, I see. I see Western conference finals in my opinion, as of right now. Um, but nothing would surprise me more or less. Uh, but I, I do think they're a Western conference finals team. Uh, I, I think I think they'd have a hard time against Utah as of right now. I think mm-hmm. if Portland gets their, you know, crap together, especially as Chauncey as their co- coach, I see them running into some trouble with Portland if, if they get their stuff together. Uh-huh. Um, are they better than Utah right now? Not right now. Are they, you know, are like, I mean, we can, we can just keep going on the list. I mean, are they better than Denver right now? Like, you know, like they're, they're like the Western conference is still pretty good, man. So and I feel I, bad for LeBron too because oh I don't listen and like and like no don't get me wrong I'm not a LeBron guy obviously I'm a little biased there however here's why um there's 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 player LeBron there's GM LeBron right Fair. That I'm talking about with, player LeBron but go ahead that, that yeah that that comes with that comes with LeBron James you know what I mean so I feel bad for player LeBron in the sense that he's not going to get his opportunity to necessarily push for a championship this season. But where this differs from any other player in the league is that with LeBron James, you can say for a fact, a 
a lot of these guys that are on this team are there because LeBron James wanted them there. You know, LeBron James wanted Russell Westbrook to be a Los Angeles Laker. He would not be a Laker if he, if LeBron James did not sign off on it and say he wanted him there. Right. Right. So this just feels like the Los Angeles Lakers realizing that they, because let's just call it the way it is. This is, this is LeBron's last shot. This season's it. You know what I mean? Like he, he's still sensational, but it's pretty clear. This is his last year being that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like the decline's coming mm-hmm. and it's coming quick. I mean, he's already missing some time this year with some ankle soreness issues. That ankle is clearly not going away as far as an issue for him. Um, there's only so much more he has left in his body because there, there's no player that's played to the magnitude of minutes, load, everything that's been on his shoulders. He can't carry this team anymore. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the only, mm-hmm. the only guy on this roster that can will them will them through the playoffs is Anthony Davis. Davis. But I mean, Anthony Davis is already dealing with some knee stuff already. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's only a matter of time before we just see injuries stack up on this roster. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, can we rely on him to play 30 minutes a night? Can we rely, can we rely on the likes of, you know, like, can we rely Malik Monk to be a consistent bucket? You know what I mean? Like, I like Monk. (laughs) I like Monk too, but like, listen, can we rely on them to be a consistent scorer? No, no. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and here's the thing, Rajon Rondo, what are we getting from him on a night to night basis? I mean, listen, look, like, just listen to this roster, man. It's Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. And then you have Kent Bazemore, who's a consistent starter for you. You have Deandre Jordan, who's starting at, at center often, who's Deandre Jordan's a shell of himself. Dwight Howard's causing problems on the bench. I mean, what's been a positive for this team so far? <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> like they, really nothing. Monk, he's my positive. <laughs> I mean, they beat Cleveland, they beat Houston, but they lost to OKC. They blew that. Yeah, that was a bad loss. They beat, John. Yeah. They they beat listen, they've beaten they barely beat Memphis off of a John Morant missed free throw, which by the way, John Morant could be MVP the way he's playing. And they beat, hey, the Grizzlies beat um, the Warriors, and that was a fun game. Jowling yeah, mm-hmm. off that game. But they that Phoenix loss was one of the ugliest games of basketball I've seen in the past five years. Okay. It, that that Did you watch that Phoenix game by I, that chance? Was one I, that was one I missed. Oh, it was so bad, Troy. It was That was the game where Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard got on the altercation in the bench. It was Okay, I, I saw that part. Yep. So that was just a piece of it. Um, so it was, it was bad. So yeah, I'm just going to say so far, I've been spot on with the, with the Lakers. Absolutely spot on. And now Troy, before we call it an episode, which by the way, I think has been one of our best episodes. I've been really happy with it. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Feels good. I mean, we, we never run out of things to talk about, but like, you know, I, this has been good, but Troy, we can't have an episode of from half court without taking a trip on Mount Rushmore, you know? So Troy, it is time to go to Mount Rushmore, isn't it? We are going to Mount Rushmore right now. What kind of journey we're taking? We're going on a journey 
of modern day and former NBA players who we believe to be the most overrated players of all time. All right. No rules for this one. They can be former players and current players. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I will go first, Sean. And that's right. just get the cat out of the bag, the elephant in the room. That's plop them right here on half court. No pun intended. Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Jamin Simmons. Okay. So Ben Simmons um, is I guess the unanimous number one pick in the 2016 NBA draft had an athletic great career at LSU was compared to LeBron James by many and did not take his LSU Tigers to the tournament. They, they were, were kind of, yeah, they were mediocre. They did not make the tournament. It was one of the first years ever that the number one pick did not make the NCAA tournament. Um, so Ben Simmons comes into the Sixers. Uh, he joins the process and develops fairly well. Uh, never really hit a three-point shot until a few years into his career. And he's a guy that we've talked about on this podcast so many times that I just, I don't, I feel like we haven't missed much here, but a guy who had so much hype and his athleticism is what that centered all around of how he can get to the hole so quickly. He can show flashy moves of scoring, um, you know, dunking the ball, even, even, you know, I've seen him do quite a bit of good block, block shots over the years too. So he's a guy that has all the built and potential to be a top five player in the league, but yeah. Sean, he has not shown that. And he has not even been close to showing that the Sixers have not made the Eastern conference finals right? ever. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they had that, uh, they had that really tough loss against the Raptors or Kawhi hit that dagger, yeah. um, you know, in the corner, um, you have, um, the turmoil that happened with, with him and Jimmy Butler. Um, listen, I think, I think there's just something, there's something to be said at this point that it's pretty clear. Um, Ben Simmons is not the guy that uh, Philly thought they were getting um, at least not yet. And I, I think I said this before the pod too, we're kind of talking a little bit about it. Um, it's kind of interesting because I've been probably the loudest Ben Simmons critic. And now I almost feel like I'm defending him in a weird way, because I think, I think the conversations maybe gone a little too far to like, cause I think he was extremely overrated. And now I think we're kind of overcorrecting. I think now he's kind of a little underrated in the sense that like we forget a lot of the things he could do in the basketball court, but listen, absolutely deserves a spot on this list for the sole reason that listen, like, you know, we, we did say earlier about Cade that like, he's one of those guys that like, he does so much in the game that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Right. And generally I think that's a cop out. Um, but with Cade, when you watch him play, there's a different level to that. You know what I mean? There's an understanding when you watch his game, whereas with Ben Simmons, um, yes, his intangibles, the things that he could do on the court, there are a lot of things that you could say that are elite, but also you can, there is no guy that you can more clearly just point out his flaws either. You know what I'm saying? So I just, there's just a lot of things that 
with his game, just for a lack of better terms, just leave a lot to be desired. And the fact that not a lot of people like playing with Ben Simmons is a lot too, I think about character. And, you know, when you, when I talk about someone who has potential of being a star or is a star, what makes, what makes a player a star to me is they can play with anyone and succeed. And that's just not the case with Ben Simmons. Right. Can can you hear Michael a little closer to your mouth, right? Sorry. Let's get a little echoey. Yeah. You didn't even have your mic. (laughs) I know it was gone. I hope that made sense though. It did. We heard you. It was just a little echoey, but there we go. Now you're back, but yeah. Um, Is he going to be on your list then too? He's going to be on your Mount Rushmore? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely belongs on the list. For me, I kind of like going about it of like, I kind of like where you and I kind of bounce names off back and forth of each other. And I like when we come up with the list together. So Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. So so for me, he's definitely on my list. So I'll definitely, if we're doing the, if we're both coming up with our own list, he's definitely on mine. Okay. Um, So I'll add this next player. We just talked about him a little bit. And so hear me out. Russell Westbrook is most certainly one of the most overrated players in the history of the league. Now, don't get me wrong. Let's let's get it all out of the way, right? Russell Westbrook, one of the most dynamic offensive point guards in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's at full speed and when his athleticism is of use, um, when he is playing the game that he's meant to play, at his prime, he is borderline unstoppable. The problem is with Russell Westbrook, for every good thing he does for your team on a basketball court, there are two or three things that are costing you a championship at all times, right? I mean, listen, let's let's just call it the way it is. For a lot of for a lot of Kevin Durant's career in Oklahoma City, what held him back was Russell Westbrook. His selfish play in the playoffs, his overconfidence in his jump shot, his um, just his his style of play, right? I mean, he over his career, Russell Westbrook has not only been a bad three point shooter, but his three point shot statistically has gotten worse over the years. Yeah, shot it in Houston. 26 percent he shot at 31 percent in washington but he's shooting it back down to 25 percent right now he is currently averaging other than his second year in the league where he played uh where he played 82 games he is averaging his lowest career three-point percentage seven games into the season right there's just mm-hmm. um the other thing too is yes russell westbrook's ability to get triple doubles is impressive right it is he absolutely um he's absolutely the greatest at this statistic but i would also argue that russell westbrook has also made this made that statistic lose all significance and meaning i would strongly agree because because the thing is is that yeah absolutely his ability to get triple doubles is fantastic but it used to be a big deal when guys got triple doubles now I mean, Troy, pardon my French, who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Like he, and A lot has to do with what rebounding has become, too. I, I think the, the assists are somewhat impressive to a degree. And I think the points are probably your second most impressive on the list. Mm-hmm. But the rebounding. But that's what the thing. rebounding has become in this league. Mm-hmm. But, but, Troy, that's the thing, though. Because, like, if you look at his game, I mean, Troy... He had games, 
he had a, his game against Memphis. He had nine turnovers. His game against Oklahoma City, he had ten. In a three-game span, he had twenty-two turnovers. Troy. Yeah, it's nuts. So, like, for a guy that is such a good passer, he's so reckless all the time. And the thing is, is that only throughout his career, his athleticism is only going to dwindle. He he's he's on his third team in as many years. He when 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 Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, they were a first round exit guaranteed, and that's when he got Paul George on his team too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, let's just call it the way it is, man. People can't win with him on your team. It's just not. I, I just listen. Like the only way that guys like Russell Westbrook win is if they change their ways, they adapt their game. Russell Westbrook has been a player that has not chosen to adapt his game to where it's supposed to be. And he's the one guy we just don't call on it because Russ is just being Russ. Well, no, screw that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean, we're on the same page there. He was my number two as well. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Russell Westbrook has to be on the Mount Rushmore of most overrated players because of everything you just said. So like, and, and like, yeah, like, listen, he, he brings a joy to the game. He absolutely puts everything on the court when he goes out and plays. That is something you cannot take away from him. And he deserves so much respect for it. Absolutely. But my argument is who's not giving it to him. You know what I mean? Like if anything, I think we've overcorrected with Russell Westbrook, where we're not allowed because Kevin Durant left. We're not allowed to criticize him. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's a yeah. lot to criticize. He it's is a BS. very, he is the most imperfect superstar we've had in the game. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. You know, he, he reminds me of, he, he reminds me of, of a Dennis Rodman kind of attitude without all the baggage that comes with it. You know what I mean? I think there's just different baggage. His baggage comes on the court, not off. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I agree, Sean. And I think with, with Russ at the end of the day, the most important thing you have to look at is, no team can actually win with him on the roster. Seriously. Yeah, no one's on it yet. It's that simple. So, mm-hmm. okay. I'm we got really. Ben, we got Ben Simmons and we got Russell Westbrook so far. Yeah. I'm really struggling with this third one. And hear me out because I let am. Let it fly. I am such a big fan of Just him. Just let it fly. Just let it fly. <laughs> Just let it fly. Carmelo Anthony. I don't see no lies. I see no lies. The dude has never been to the finals, Sean. He's been to one Western conference finals. And, and that was Chauncey was his right hand man. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Carmelo Anthony is a guy I love so much. Carmelo Anthony is a guy who is a walking, talking bucket. Um, the elderly version of Jalen Green. And I think he is a guy that when I think of the NBA, the NBA won't be the same when Carmelo Anthony retires. Um, the NBA wasn't the same when he was trying to find uh, a spot on an NBA roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is just not a winner. And with his talent and his the magnitude of talent that he has had on every team and the impact he has on every team. I mean, he took New York to the playoffs. He had some second round um, appearances in New York and some first round exits, mm-hmm. but he really was a guy who had the whole city of New York uh, on his shoulders. And unfortunately they crumbled, mm-hmm. but 
the fact that they crumbled and him still having the talent and the impact on the game that he was having, mm-hmm. I just, in my opinion, he has to be on this list. As- Did not mean to pause. My apologies. No, I absolutely agree. I think he belongs on this list. I, I, I do think, uh, you know, um, listen, Carmelo Anthony is um, a generational talent as far as coming out of, you know, he, he and LeBron both like coming out of that draft, they were, they were considered the one and two, you know, granted Dark Melchic happened. We don't got to talk about that, but anyway, um, you know, those guys were considered the one and two, um, you know, and I think Carmelo um, just, I really believe if he was drafted somewhere else, his career trajectory would have been way different. If he was a Detroit yeah. Piston, I think we'd be talking about him in a completely different light. Um, but unfortunately, he was drafted to Denver, who um, really, when he was there, was not the franchise that he needed them to be in order to reach his true potential there. So mm-hmm. um, he had some great seasons there, um, just didn't accomplish much. So, um, and also in New York too, um, never truly brought them to the heights that I thought that, um, that imagine, imagine if he made it to a conference finals in the garden, man, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely agree with you there. Now, my next pick, I'm feeling very similar to you and I want you to hear me out. My next player on my route, my Mount Rushmore. I can't believe I'm about to say this name. Tracy McGrady. You got a lot of explaining to do. All right. Hear me out. All right. So let's get it out of the way. All right. Tracy McGrady, seven-time All-Star, right? Toronto, Orlando, Houston. Bucket, right? Ten. You know, I'd say six, seven years of of All-Star play in his career. What the hell did he accomplish in the league? As far as, as far as like, 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 seriously, like, like, yeah. outside of his individual contributions, what did he accomplish? Right? Yeah. I mean, now, granted, you can you can point some of that to injury, you know, whether it's the injury of Yao Ming, um, but you can't even point to you can't even point to like LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he had Kobe, he had the Lakers that he had to deal with, he had the Spurs. That he had to deal with. It's not like, you know, it's not like he came in a, in a point in the league where like he was playing against scrubs. I mean, he had the Steve Nash sons that he had to contend with. I mean, his prime was really around when our Pistons were kind of at the top of their game. You know, he averaged, yeah. um, he was able to average 32 points a game. Like as far as like a scoring talent, hmm. um, absolutely special individual talent wise, the guy was an absolute bucket, but where the reason why I put him on this list and, and, and maybe the most overrated of all time maybe isn't fair for Tracy McGrady, but I think if we're having a conversation of overrated NBA players, I mean, mm-hmm. he underachieved in Toronto for what that team could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando really, um, he just was there. Yeah, he never, but that, never, those were some of his best stat lines, though, was in Orlando. A- absolutely. Some of his best stat lines were in Orlando. Absolutely agree. What did they mean? And that's really first round exits. And, and that's the thing is that he, you know, he had some amazing playoff moments where like, you know, he scored like what, like 
like how many points and how many seconds, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah, that 13 and game. 35. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Incredible series. And I mean, you know, he had, um, you know, like towards the end of his career, like once he was actually like on some other teams, you know, like he was on the Spurs at one point, you know what I mean? Well, that was his last team. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. But like, like, that's the point you look at his, you look at his, at, at, at his, at his career and, the only time that he made it to the finals because he made it to the finals, but is when he was, he was dressing up in a suit and tie for the, for the Spurs, you know, it was when, mm-hmm. um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, yeah, a lot of first round exits, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of gentlemen sweeps, a lot of losing in seven, a lot of losing in six, you know? So he, um, I think there was a lot to appreciate from Tracy McGrady's career as far as putting on a clinic from a scoring standpoint. However, um, I think in my opinion, there's no guy that like I can point at and go, Oh, well, what did he do when he was at the top? Like, cause I, I just, I wished, I wished more out of, him. you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I, w- th- there's a guy that I wish could have done more from a winning standpoint. Granted, he could point to health, from a certain standpoint, um, but I'm, I got to put him on that list. In that yeah, stance. yeah. And I guess after you, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm like you, who I'm, I'm a big T-Mac fan. So I think hearing that was a really big shock to me, but I think hearing your, your take, Sean, I really enjoyed that because at the end of the day, yes, he's not, he's another one. He's just not a winner, man. And I, yeah. I think individual talent wise, yes, but you know, he did have like a Yao Ming on his side, right? I mean, right. that Rockets team could have made a finals at least right. one of those years. But, but Troy, didn't. like he he was, he didn't even make the NBA 75 list, right? Yeah. And that yeah. was seen as a shock. But like, if you actually dissect that list, I hate to say it, but he doesn't deserve to be on that list, Troy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we, we look at a guy like he was, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, obvious, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what happened when she, when T Mac made it to the Hall of Fame. But like, should he be in there before a guy like a Chauncey Billups? You know what I'm saying? Like that, like that's that's where the conversation to me. It's like you know, I where where do you weigh overall success as far as championships, as mm-hmm. far as team mm-hmm. success versus individual success? And to me, I'm going to value team success quite a bit. If you didn't win a ring in the league it's hard for me to put you high in the goat conversation, especially, you know, T-Mac, you know, he, he's probably top a hundred, but like not for long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, T-Mac's got to be on that list for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, Sean. I don't like it because I'm a T-Mac fan, but I like it because Neither do it, I. Makes sense. it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense, Sean. So that's our list, ladies and gentlemen, uh, anything, any closing thoughts uh, as we, far as what to we only put to? three. No, we put four. Well, we got all right. We got Ben Simmons. We got Russell Westbrook. Oh, I guess that is four. I guess that is four. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yep, that is four. That is our list. Man, I guess I just didn't want it to end. (laughs) Let's throw an honorable mention. Let's do that super quick. All right, honorable. Ooh, honorable mention. Okay. Oh, you put me on the spot. Okay. Uh, I like it though. Let's go modern player. Let's go player that's playing right now. Does that sound good? Yeah, because I was gonna go like. Rest his soul, but like Bob Cousy. <laughs> Cousy, what's your beef with the Coozer? <laughs> 
just that he wouldn't survive in the modern league. Um, okay, let's go modern. Um, Joe Allen Bede. Yeah, I, I like that. Listen, I, I think he's just going to be another one of those guys that we're going to remember as like a great big man, but like I don't think he's ever going to win. And like the other thing too is like he he's only going to play like 60, 60 games a, a, like a season. He he always seems to have an issue with his knee. It's always knee soreness of some form. Never gets in great shape. Um, Joel Embiid, I think, deserves. I I think, I I mean, I, I certainly, um, I think he's been ca- compared as far as his skill set to Hakeem Olajuwon so much that we need to remind ourselves that, that man ain't no Hakeem Olajuwon. I would that's agree. All that's all I'm saying. I would strongly agree. So, but Troy, that is going to do it for this episode of From Half Court. Troy, thank you so much for doing this, man. This is just, I, you know, I missed it last week. And, uh, uh, dude, just, this is like where you and I could just sit down for like an hour and a half. Like, I think this is our longest episode we've done. We're just, mm-hmm. we just cranked it out, man. We're just talking hoops. So I love it. And yeah. if you like that, be sure to give us a subscribe on this channel because that's all we do here is talk hoops. And also be sure to follow us. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family, your friends who love the game of basketball because this is From Half Court, the podcast all about hoops. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe.